there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Welcome to this week's episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast. As we turn our attention to brackets, Alex Jewell, yes, plenty of brackets. As March is upon us, not too long from now, we'll be deep into March Madness. It's hard to believe it's gone so quick. And the end of February always just mixes me up because you only get the 28 days. Of course, every once in a while you get the 29th. So it's hard to say that it's March 7th already, but here we are. The calendar's flipped. Spring sports are fully at it. Basketball seasons have ended here at Eastern Michigan. The MAC tournaments this week, Greg, March Madness right around the corner. And uh, just for a few brief days this past weekend, it felt like spring. And now we're looking out the window and it's snowing and freezing cold. So right back to reality. If you ever need a reality check, just move to Michigan because she will be sure to kick you in the rear end at that regard if you start sniffing spring a little too early. Or the potholes will get you one or the other. Oh, they are brutal right now. Come on, Gretchen Whitmer. Help me out on the roads. So we uh, are, yes, no basketball, as Alex mentioned. Both the men's and women's put a bow on their season, but now they await the... Uh, Mac teams that will come out both Tuesday and Wednesday. We expect plenty of candidates on there. You look at a person like Ariana Combs, who will finish as one of the best players in Eastern Michigan history. And on the other side, you have Noah Farrakhan, who jumped into the scene and finishes the second leading scorer in Eastern Michigan freshman history. But where does a guy like Mo Jai rank on a freshman list? Where does Darian Spotsville maybe find himself on an all-MAC team? These are the questions still to be answered. Absolutely. I think uh, both teams have a chance for some representation, as they should. I mean, I would be shocked if Ariana Combs doesn't get, uh, you know, at least second team recognition. So uh, it'll be interesting to, to see how those play out. But certainly, it's always great when we can talk about the fact that there's players in both programs that are in that upper echelon of players 
throughout the league. So kudos to all the individual accolades that they've put forth this year. Of course, the seasons didn't quite end how Eastern Michigan men's and women's basketball had hoped, but a lot to build off. And, and it's, almost in a, it's almost a good thing to have the season come to an end because then you are able to start really putting all your effort into focusing on the season that's next. So recruiting will be big. Continuing to develop the players that are here will be big. Um, of course, you want to be playing in the MAC tournament. That's just not the case. So you have to look at it from a realistic standpoint and use this week to get one week ahead of your competition in the, the other battles in terms of getting everybody back. And it's good for everybody just to have a little bit of a rest period, too, because this the season's a long, long, grueling uh, season, mentally and physically. It's a grind on them. It's been a grind on us. And Toledo, kind of the standard bearer that everybody in the MAC now wants to be. They win both the men's and women's regular seasons. They're the number one seed overall going into the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse coming up on Wednesday when women's tournament action begins. It all concludes in downtown Cleveland, Ohio on Saturday. The women's game at 11 a.m. and the men's game later that night on ESPN2 at 7.30. Who's your go-to pick? That's what I was just going to ask you. I mean, it's it's so hard to pick against Toledo because really, to be fair, it, it kills me to say it, but on both the men's and women's side, they have been from start to finish the two most dominant teams, two most consistent teams. And we've gotten to see both of those teams play a couple of times. Um, so it's hard to pick against Toledo. But I will say, I think there's going to be an upset in the first round on the men's side. Defending champion Ohio University, I think they're going to lose to Ball State on uh, on Wednesday. They I were think. scuffling a little bit, loses yeah. their finale at Northern Illinois. I really like what Robert Sunderhoff and the Kent State oh, Flashes have right now. They've rolled off, what, 12 wins in a row? That's right. It's hard to imagine the Golden Flashes not having great excitement behind them. A lot of pressure on Todd Kowalczyk to get it done. It has been 41 years since Toledo last went to the big dance on the men's side. Uh, so I would go with maybe a little underdog, and not that Kent State's an underdog in any aspect, but and I really do like Trisha Cullip on on the women's side, but you never can count you out Felisa Leggett Jack to find a way to win. Felicia Leggett Jack is uh, certainly somebody you have to look out for. Buffalo is so good. Deja Fair is somebody who's a player of the year candidate. She leads offensively in the MAC in four or five different categories. Um, one of the best freshmen in the conference, Georgia Woolley. She can shoot from all over the place. So Buffalo is the type of team that can be explosive out of nowhere and hit you for 80, 85 points. If they do that, they're going to have a chance. Interesting to see, though, pay attention to the first round, the, the one-seed game, Toledo versus Ohio on the women's side, because Ohio, through the MAC tiebreaker policy, gets in with just nine conference wins. But, Greg, they're a really, really dangerous eight-seed, somebody you don't want to see in the first round, because they have CeCe Hooks, who is the all-time leading scorer in MAC basketball, men's or women's, and they have this weird ability to spark some quick offense. So it wouldn't shock me if we look at the end of that game and say, well, out of nowhere, Ohio just put up 80 points. Then Toledo could be in a little bit of trouble. But Toledo's in a really good spot on both sides of the bracket. And uh, hopefully, by this time next year and the years in advance, we'll be having this conversation about if Eastern Michigan has the chance to win uh, the MAC tournament. And that's that's what we're all hopefully, hopefully getting towards. We'll be taking our show on the road. We'll be in Cleveland all this week, uh, bringing you the latest and greatest down there. So, uh, Alex and I, if you're in Cle Northeast Ohio, come seek us out. We know we have plenty of listeners in Northeast Ohio, and we're just not talking you, Thorpe. That's, that's right. I mean... Ohio, obviously the Cleveland area, a big uh, alumni base for us in Eastern Michigan. So if you're just in town catching some MAC basketball, Greg and I will be there. Send us a message, stop by and see us. We're always happy 
to say hello and take your suggestions for how to make this show better. And speaking of making things better, Greg, we've got a new employee here at Eastern Michigan that's already hit the ground running very hard, uh, and and he is certainly determined to make things better in terms of the sports performance area at Eastern Michigan. It's already had a lot of success in the last half decade or more, but Deontay Mack has come from Akron. He's had stops at Kentucky and Indiana. He played at Indiana as a football player. And this guy brings a lot of energy as the new director of sports performance. He does. He takes a different approach than, than most. He really wants to focus on nutrition and what I need more of, sleep. Two big things that he talks about. We have a really great conversation to introduce you to him. He talks about his background, his philosophy for Eastern Michigan strength and conditioning moving forward and all that he'll be able to do to help. So we're going to get you that interview as quick as possible. But first, Greg, we also have a jam-packed week. We're going to be in Cleveland, but a lot of teams in action. Yeah, you look at it, swimming and diving right now. The diving championships are going on in Ann Arbor. Well, men's golf, they're down in beautiful South Carolina at the Colleton River Collegiate Women's Golf at Jacksonville. They're at the Benbow Collegiate. Meanwhile, later this week, we have baseball. They will be on the road in Muncie to open up MAC play against those pesky Ball State Cardinals. Then you also get the indoor track and field championships. They'll be down in Birmingham this weekend before gymnastics wraps it up with their regular season finale against Northern Illinois this Sunday at 1 o'clock here inside the Gervin Game Above Center. So a big week for our sports, and we can't wait to see what comes out of this weekend series, especially after baseball showed some great moments over the weekend. Uh, didn't have the full wins, but put up a lot of runs. Eight home runs on Saturday, so a lot of firepower. Eastern Michigan's offense looking good early on in the season, so lots to look forward to among all the sports. So be sure to visit emueagles.com. Go to the social media pages. Each team has their own, and we'll give you up-to-date notices there. So a lot going on, a lot going on in Cleveland. It's a good week to be a fan of the Mac, so continue to follow along all week long. Remember, send out these links, subscribe to the podcast. We'll be back for more next week. But before that, let's take a quick time out and hear from Deontay Mack, the new director of sports performance at Eastern Michigan. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast. For 82 years, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has been and continues to be committed to families all across Michigan. By providing access to care however, wherever, and whenever they need it, Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Welcome back. Another Monday, another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. And today, another opportunity for you to meet one of the newest members of the Green and White. He's been getting to work early in the morning with the Eastern Michigan football program and all of our student athletes. It's Deontay Mack, the new director of sports performance at Eastern Michigan. Coach, first and foremost, welcome to EMU. And thank you for uh, taking some time with us on the show today. Thank you. And I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here and uh, I'm excited to uh, be working with such a wonderful staff, wonderful culture, and, you know, really working with these guys who are, you know, they're eager and hungry to, uh, you know, make an impact this upcoming season. One thing we know about athletics is that no matter where you're at, the different departments, there's so many different names and titles for things that people do in a department. Greg and I are media relations here, but somebody at a different school, maybe communications. Give us just a breakdown from your perspective on what the director of sports performance does and what all that embodies as you'll be taking over that role. Yes, I see it more as an overseeing role as uh, really organization. You know, uh, you know, coming into this, my prior experience has been more predicated on working with football. But, uh, you know, having the experience at uh, the last two places I had been, I had got a lot of 
experience with working with, um, you know, budgets and working with other staff members, working with, you know, we considered ourselves a sports performance staff. So we had to work with collaboratively with um, our sports nutrition, our dietetics, uh, our uh, sports medicine staff. Uh, we also had our administration that we had to, you know, follow underneath their protocol rules and we met weekly. So, you know, as, as this role, as it is, you know, title is director of sport performance. It's really an organizational role to make sure that you're, you know, as a, a collective unit, as the sports performance staff is doing everything it can to put our athletes in the best position to be successful, but also in training them, making sure they're not, you know, not getting injured in training and um, enhancing every ability that they have that's, you know, been God-given or parent-given that they can uh, go out there and be successful on their, on their field court or play. You come to Eastern Michigan from the University of Akron, where you were working with their team a short period of time, but you kind of got dealt the hand of, of COVID. I mean, it's it's hard yeah. to run a program and build a program when so many things are virtual. But you, you look at the culture that Eastern Michigan has and that Coach Creighton has established. What was the thing that attracted you to, to say Eastern's where I want to call home next? You know, looking into it when I first uh, – the the opportunity presented itself, it, it really came down to one, a team that had, had experience in winning. And, you know, there was times last year where I thought, you know, at the University of Akron, I was there, uh, we had, you know, we were right there close in the moment, but, you know, our guys did not know how to win. And, you know, coming here and knowing that Coach Creighton has established a culture, has established the discipline and the, the one, two, and the passion and drive for those guys to be successful, it's already there. It was just coming in and just tweaking a few things to get these guys to take the next step. And um, just overall, you know, everything has come to fruition as far as what I thought this team would be. You know, they work hard. They do everything that's asked of them. Um, they're very passionate and, and they're driven. But I think that, you know, with my expertise and the background that I have working in the SEC and the Big Ten previously and then working briefly at Akron, it was just to bring in a new nuance and a new style of training that can help take this team over the hump and, you know, be a, you know, a 9, 10, 11 type win team. So that's what I, that's my, that's my goal. We'll talk more about the nuts and bolts of what the program will look like at Eastern Michigan, but let's talk a little bit about your background as well. Everybody has a, a, a journey through athletics and, and a way they get into coaching for you. You're a Midwest guy, Elkhart, Indiana native played at yes. Indiana. Tell us a little bit about your journey through football and, and then transitioning that into coaching to where you're at now. Absolutely. So I started off you know, originally from Elkhart, Indiana, uh, went to high school there, uh, went to Elkhart central high school. And now they've, um, They've conjoined uh, high schools there and um, went on to Indiana University, played there from 2006 to 2010 uh, as a defensive tackle, defensive end. I played all across the defensive line and, you know, just having that experience at Indiana, being in the Big Ten atmosphere, it gave me the passion and drive to actually, you know, you know, I always wanted, knew I wanted to be a coach. And even from when I was in high school, I had that 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 desire within me to be a coach. And uh, I remember saying it all the time to my coaches, one day is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have your job. I'm going to have your job. They always laugh and chuckle at me, but that was something I was really, um, I was really, I really wanted for myself. And once I got done playing and the opportunity had closed the door for me to continue to keep playing in the, in the NFL, uh, it was just, okay, what's my next step? And my next step is, you know, I wanted to make an impact and I wanted to go out and give what the, you know, what the game of football had given me. And when I was just, you know, disciplined and everything that encompassed with, you know, playing in the team sport, uh, I wanted to give that back to the guy 
guys that not only did I grew up with, but people that I knew and people that I can influence uh, moving forward in my life. I thought that that was my best avenue. And I feel like that's my passion and my calling in life is to make an impact and help people, you know, better themselves. You, you helped build the foundation at Kentucky. I mean, now they're a perennial 10 win team and, and coach Stoops has it rolling. We've certainly got to witness that firsthand a couple times going down to Lexington. What do you yeah. think the biggest thing is for a program to finally make that shift? Is there a moment that, that every place just kind of it just flips a switch or what, what do you think it takes? Because Kentucky has certainly gone past that, uh, the, the level of seven wins and just getting bowl eligible. Now they have much, much higher expectations. Absolutely. I think that was, you just hit the nail on the head uh, as far as when we first got in and was trying to get that team to a bowl game, you know, and they had previously went five and seven, five and seven. And then the first year, I think we started off one and three and I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if (laughs) we're going to make it out of the season. And we ended up finishing out seven and five and we lost our bowl game against Georgia tech that year and finished out the season seven and six. So, um, you know, getting that team over the hump of getting to a bowl game and learning how to win those close ball games was important, but what it was going to take, you know, the mental, the physical toughness, uh, just the perseverance and uh, what it was going to, you know, inquire, you know, when it's late in the fourth quarter, you know, the depth, the talent, all those things, the recruiting, uh, you know, the facility upgrades that they had made it, you know, the investment they had made at University of Kentucky with the football facility complex and everything. It took all of that. It took it all for us to, for that team and program to take the next step. And once everyone saw, you know, that the investment and support was behind in the administration, the, the overall, the coaches, the culture that was set there, uh, it was just getting the players to buy in every single day that, you know, you have to put in the work. Um, it's the SEC. You know, there's talent ubiquitously across, you know, every team has talent in that league. So you can't just win on talent alone. You've got to go out there and work hard and, you know, fight to the very last, you know, the very last second to get those wins in that league. So just getting those guys to understand what it was going to take and, you know, how much people that were behind them, supporting them and getting the fans involved, it, it took everything that it could. And now it's, you know, it's 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 not humbling, but it's 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 kind of like, it's kind of like the oh wow moment, just seeing them where they're at right now and seeing them, you know, all the things that they've done and the guys they're putting in the combine and, you know, just year in, year out, the success they've had. And I'm a proud to be, I'm proud to say I was a part of that journey and helping getting that thing started. Spending a few minutes here on the Eastern Insider Podcast with Deontay Mack. He's Eastern Michigan's new director of sports performance. Coach, we live in a society where there's a lot of mixed messaging around fitness. And what I mean by that is you see so many different fad diets. You see all the different, um, you know, types of thought processes on what you should be focusing more on cardio, more on lifting, all that makes it hard on people to kind of understand where I'm going with this is interested to know from an expert's point of view, how long does it take or, or what's the timetable for college football players to start seeing noticeable changes and noticeable gains in their strength and fitness, because we all know college sports, people don't want to wait. I mean, next season, they want better than what they had the season before. And you're on a tight timetable. What does that process look like? How do you even start evaluating that and moving that forward? Well, I'll tell you that, you know, the simple answer to all that, to be honest with you is, you know, everyone thinks it's the training. Everyone thinks that, you know, the athlete or this, that, and the other, but it really comes down to the simple things as far as eating well and sleeping right you know and people people disregard those two factors the most because they're so simple but you know 
it's it's having the resource of having food and having proper food and quality of food and you know quantity food for you know if you're a bigger individual as an offensive defense alignment and things of that nature they have they have to have those necessary resources to fuel their bodies to go out there not only put out for the effort that's needed for a workout but the effort that's needed for a practice or game and i think that you know the sleep is most important for recovery you know, there's so many people that think, oh, well, you know, if I can go four or five hours or six hours, that's good enough. But, you know, to optimally enhance and to get the most out of your body, you have to get quality sleep and quality sleep for us is, you know, we always tell our guys and they, they fill it out, you know, eight to 10 hours. But how many guys are actually getting eight to 10 hours? You may get that one day out the week. But if you were able to if you were to amplify that and get that three or four times a week or five days a week, just your your daily life would be so much better and how much more energy you would have and much more focus you could have in your work. And I think it's really it's a simple thing. I mean, eating and sleeping are the two biggest things I see that, you know, high school athletes and collegiate athletes struggle with where, you know, in the professionals, that's their job. That's their job to take care of their body. So, you know, just learning guys to understand how to take care of the body. And, you know, we have the resources of food and, you know, people that can talk it up and nutritionists and dietitians and sports uh, performance coaches like myself, uh, you can see major gains in a, in a young athlete's career, you know, whether a freshman or sophomore, they can make huge gains in those first six to eight months just on the food and, the, and learning how to take care of their body alone. You hear that, Greg? And Coach Max says you need to cut out the 2 a.m. shenanigans. We all know you're pulling in downtown. <laughs> yeah, I can say between my lack of sleep and I'm sure the Mountain Dew that I'm drinking, Coach Max would love that. <laughs> uh, you look at the facilities that Eastern Michigan has, and we're, we're blessed with the op- ability to have uh, the Student Athlete Performance Center and, and you being in, in TJ's garage right now. But You've yes. also right now get the opportunity to to revamp the the George Gervin game above center weight room and, and really change that. How do you see the role of, of the facilities that you have right now and kind of the morphing that you'd like to see uh, moving forward with them? Well, I see it as a as a big recruiting tool, you know, and we talk about, you know, every day as far as what we have and what we don't have. But, you know, when you can have a weight room such as the one that's in the, the James, uh, sorry, the George Gervin Center, it's 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 going to be revamped. It's going to look like a totally new, new weight room uh, with the, the things that we're having going in there with the new, uh, the new uh, rack systems we have, the new flooring system that the new flooring that's going in, it's going to look like a totally new weight room and all those teams that train in there, they're going to be excited about it. They're going to, you know, they're going to be encouraged to go in there and put in great work, but also for all the recruits that come in and walk through that place, they're going to be encouraged to see that the support is behind, you know, all sports here. It's not just football. It's not just basketball. It's all sports that we're trying to make sure that, you know, we're getting better as a whole. And I think that, you know, just the overall enhancement in that, in that area alone is going to make uh, drastic changes for not only our coaches lives, but our players and our student athletes lives to, you know, to go on there and give their best efforts and, you know, do something special in their, in their field of play. How much, how important is the the flooring that you talk about? Because I know they've been really hard working at it. It, You can't just have pure old school concrete, like people just think, because it's not good for the body. It's not good for the equipment either. No, not the old school flooring of, you know, concrete or the the rubber. We're actually laying down a whole new floor. It's going to be all one big piece. Uh, It's going to be one and a half inch thick. I mean, we'll be able to go in there and do Olympic lifts, uh, be able to go in there and throw med balls to the ground and, know do everything that we want to do especially explosive in nature and in today's climate of how we how we train uh it's going to be conducive for our athletes to get the most uh most out of that room and the our our coaches to get the most out of their athletes to go on there and do the things that are necessary for our athletes to be successful um 
and then the rack system, the new racks that we got going in. Uh, Seth and our other sports performance coaches have done a great job of really collaborating with uh, the vendors and getting things that were that are needed for those those programs that train over there. Uh, I really. I'm excited for where that room's going to go, and I'm excited for all our athletes going to be training in there. I'm glad you mentioned some of the other sports and some of the other members of your staff. Um, you're in a unique situation because the sports performance coaching staff is one of the only coaching staff that's working with every program. And you coming in, obviously, there's things that you believe in and are pillars of what you do as leadership. How much do you balance bringing aspects to the table of a coach Mac program, but also letting your other coaches develop their specific programs with different teams as well. Well, I said this when the first thing I walked in the door, I said, you know, I'm going to let coaches coach, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, but I want you guys to know that you now I'm here as a valuable, a valuable resource. There's plenty of things I've seen at, at different universities and different programs and, you know, different, you want to say echelons, you know, whether it be SEC or Big Ten or being in Akron, you know, there's different ways of doing things, you know, there's 99 ways to skin a cat, but as long as you can get it done, it doesn't matter. And I think that those, those, uh, our strength coaches that we have, our sports performance staff is one of the most experienced in the MAC. I mean, every coach on our staff has been in a director role at one, at one point in time in their career. Uh, they've managed multiple teams, if not all teams at some point in their career. And it, it shows the value that not only that we have in our coaches, but just the, the asset that we have here at EMU to be able to have that type of expertise on the floor each and every day working with our athletes. We're not just bringing in people who are fresh off the, you know, out of college and hiring them in here. These people have been experienced and they they know their stuff. And I mean, I, I feel lucky and blessed to be working with these, uh, these individuals every day because they, they show me things every day. I'm like, wow, didn't know that, or that's good to know, you know, and it's, it's, it's a welcoming experience to, to have those type of people working with you each and every day. You've closed out winter workouts for football. You get ready for spring practice starting next Monday, a week from today. What's what are the something that you're most looking forward to uh, next week, getting out on the, on the field? Well, most important, I want to see how our guys look at pads. You know, everyone looks good when pads are off, but when pads are on, you know, guys look totally different. You know, the guys that hit all the weight in the weight room, are you hitting the same, are you hitting the same type of, uh, are you hitting people out there on the field the same way that you hit the weights? And, you know, weights don't hit back. We always say that as strength coaches, weights don't hit back. So let's see you go hit something. Uh, I like to see our guys, how they look, how they move around, and most importantly, how they feel. I always ask my guys every single day they walk in the weight room, how you feel today? You know, is anything bothering you? I always want to, you know, it's kind of like my questionnaire without the questionnaire on the sheet um, as they answer anyway by themselves, but kind of ask them, you know, how are we doing? Because I think as, as much as, you know, all these technical devices can tell you about the GPS data and how, you know, this person may or may not be doing this slow to this, or that. I think it comes down to knowing the individuals. And that's the main thing for me is, you know, as I, as I built my program, I looked to first was to build a relationship with all our players first. And so watching them go out there and seeing them bounce around and have some energy, have some juice and be excited about football again, that'll invigorate me to, you know, keep programming the way I'm programming and, you know, moving forward, um, giving them everything that I can in my repertoire, my tool, my bag of tools to, you know, keep making these guys successful. You talked about some of the nuances that, that you're going to bring to the Eastern Michigan football program and, and to the overall um, office of sports performance. If you can bottle it up into, into some layman's terms, layman's terms for us, uh, what are some of the 
those key pieces of a strength program as you see it that, that you're bringing to Eastern Michigan? Well, I think that, you know, everyone always coins the term uh, bigger, stronger, faster. But, but for me, it's it's not just bigger, stronger, faster. It's, you know, it's strength, speeds, strength, speeds, power. And in that order for me, because I think that you got to have a foundation of strength, but you got to have, you know, in today's game, especially particularly in football, you know, you could say meaning of any other sports is speed. Now, you know, the first thing they talk about in the combine and everywhere else is how fast a guy runs and how fast a guy moves. So um, a lot of the things that I assess and evaluate um, when I come in the door is just how we move, how, I mean, how well do our guys bend, you know, what type of, the flexibility you have, what type of elasticity do we have? And that will predicate on how I'm going to program, how I'm going to, you know, integrate things as far as, you know, our power development or our strength development. It's, it's all, it's a base of everything I do. So um, speed is the big thing that I'm, I'm bringing to this program. Hopefully if you can't recruit it, you got to develop it. And I know that, you know, necessarily you don't get guys walking in the door running four fours. So, but if you can give me a guy who's coming in and running a four, seven or four, six, we can work on enhancing the strength and enhancing the speed over, over a length of time of two or three years. And hopefully we can get them down to that four, four or a lower four or five range. And, you know, we can make that work. So, you know, people always say, would you rather have a guy, 30 guys on your team bench with 400 pounds or running or 30 guys on your team running four fives? I'm going to choose four fives every day. When you look at the support system, all of us have it. And you and your wife and, and you have three sons. What's mm-hmm. the support system like for you? Are they up here yet? Nips Lanny are still uh, moving or, and then kind of what outside of work do, does DMAC like to do? Well, my, my support system is still at home, uh, residing back in Ohio. Currently, uh, I look to have them moved up and transition uh, here at the uh, end of the school calendar year. So for that, my oldest son is 13. KJ, he'll be done with school here in June. And then my youngest two are, one's going to be six and I have a four-year-old. They'll be uh, <laughs> they'll be coattailing along right behind them as soon as uh, school is over. So uh, getting those up here and then, you know, it's particularly my wife who has to deal with me, my crazy self, and all these jobs here, being in athletics and collegiate sports, you know, moving around a lot. She's the big support system, being able to take care of home and take care of all the things that are that are needed to be done. But, um, you know, really the support system of what I have here with uh, our staff, uh, Coach Creighton, Aaron Kaido, um, you know, Scott, and all our, our, our administration staff, they've been nothing but supportive since I've got here and helped me get in the ground running. And, you know, I can be more appreciative for what they've done for me and the opportunity they gave me for me and my family to be here. In- all right. I'll double down on Greg's. What's what's something you're doing out of the office? If, if you get a little bit of downtime, I know that's a unheard of term for a football coach or a strength coach, but or they're just sitting around just because you don't get the money days off. I, I tell you what, uh, you know, this last week, just having some time off to spend time with my family. You know, I think the pandemic put a lot of things in perspective as far as how, how much family is important, but until you're truly away from your family, uh, you don't know how much you miss them or how much they are, how important they are just to have that balance in your life. So I would say just spending time with my family outside of football is the most important thing for me. And then we, we know you talked about the diet and how important it is, but we also know you've got defensive lineman roots. So don't tell me you don't know you're yeah. around a good meal. Oh if, yeah. If you cheat meal in it, what's uh oh, yeah. what's your go-to? Uh I got if I gotta be honest, and my wife, I tell her this every time we go somewhere in a new city or something like that. I always try to find a, a pizza place, you know. And for me, it's not even about the pizza, but it's it's more about the wings. <laughs> it's more about the wings because I don't I 
I categorize a, a good piece of place based on if their wings are good because the wing the, the pizza could be great, but if their wings are terrible, uh, they're, they're still a, a zero on my book. So you got to have both. And when you find that, let me know. I'm still looking. <laughs> well, you let me know too if you see one around here. <laughs> I will. Deontay, we can't thank you enough for your time. We welcome you to the Eastern Michigan family and look forward to, to more conversations as uh, spring ball gets going next week. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for the opportunity. There he is, Dante Mack, Director of Sports Performance here at Eastern Michigan. As Greg said, spring ball kicking off next week, so stay tuned for all the coverage. We'll take a quick break. Greg and I back to wrap this episode right on the other side. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room, and that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Powered by Learfield and presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.